0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin here with Steve Prudian, and today we're on part four of the throne of God, and uh, we're going to go another step or two deeper into the throne room. We're going to change our focus a little bit off of the big picture, and we're going to look at a couple of things uh, more specifically. Are you ready for this this week, Steve?
1: I'm ready for this, but i got to give you a, a course correction. You're going to give me? Okay. After this week, I'm in Classroom 34. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm not changing the name of the podcast midstream. I don't think that's what we want to do, but that's okay. That's okay. Classroom 33 has been in Genesis for a little while now anyway, so mm-hmm. I think we'll be just
1: Actually, a class in Genesis is doing God's magnificent creation in the creation of the human eye. Wow. Is is what's being talked about this next Sunday. Okay. Well, now you got
0: people interested in going to learn about that. They're not going to want to go to learn from you. That's fine, wherever God (laughs) sends them. (laughs) Nice to have a choice. It is nice to have a choice. Yes, it is. All right, so... We've been in chapter 4, and we're going to start out there again uh, because it's important to understand our role in reading this and observing this. So we're going to start in chapter 4, verse 2. And John writes, Instantly, I was in the Spirit, and I saw the throne in heaven and someone sitting on it, And the important part there, especially for our study today, is I was in the Spirit. John is having a vision. He is not physically present in the throne room of God. He is spiritually present in the throne room of God, and that's pretty significant.
1: Oh, yes, it is very significant <laughs> because of the fact that oftentimes when we read the Word of God— Because the Word of God is actually the inspired Word of God, and within the word inspired is spirit. Right. Okay? You can only understand the Word of God if you understand the language that the Word of God is written in, which even though some people say it's Hebrew and some people say it's Arabic and some people say it's Greek, but the real language is the language of God. Right, And that language of God can only be heard through spiritual ears and seen through spiritual eyes. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's important that when you read the Word of God, you read it with the spirit that God has given you and not with just the intellect of man. Right. And
0: there's a a proverb, something about that, isn't there? That uh, if you read reading the Word without... The spirit, it, you know, you just basically can't understand it. I'm stumbling over the wording of it and the phrasing of it. But ultimately, if you don't have the Holy Spirit living within you as an interpreter to Scripture, it reads like foolishness. It actually, doesn't make any sense.
1: Actually, I was told when I used when I first started reading the Bible, and it really was really rather boring. And mm-hmm. in, those days, in those days, most people, all they had was a King James version, which nobody talked like that in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> they don't in Iowa either. But the, pro- but the problem was is, is, is that um, it was just words, a piece of black ink on a page, and they really didn't come to life. What makes it come to life is when you have a relationship with Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ infuses you with the life for you to be able to see the words that are on the page but you'll find out that the real truth is actually between the lines
0: right or behind the words or you know however whichever analogy you want to choose to use Mm -hmm. okay so let's move on I'm going to start in chapter 4 verse 11 and read through all of chapter 5 so it's 15 or so verses. You are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Then, and that's uh, that's some worship happening by the 24 elders mm-hmm. and... Uh, the beings in heaven. And who
1: are they worshiping at this moment? They're worshiping God. I'm I'm glad you got that right.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If I get that wrong, uh, I guess I got to go somewhere else now. Um, So he continues, then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who is sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside and the outside of the scroll. And it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, "'Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it?' But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, "'Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, he has won the victory.'" He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb that looked as if it had been slaughtered, but now it was standing between the throne and the four living beings and among the 24 elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which represent the sevenfold spirit of God that is sent out into every part of the earth. He stepped forward and took the the scroll from the right hand of the one sitting on the throne And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song with these words, You are worthy to take the scroll and break its seals and open it, for you were slaughtered, and your blood has ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation— And you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked again, and I heard the voices of thousands and millions of angels around the throne and of the living beings and the elders, and they sang in a mighty chorus, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and blessing. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea— and they sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. And the four living beings said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped the Lamb. That's ah, a vision and a half, isn't it?
1: Look at the participation. Right, he's just not gonna sit and just watch, watch it, and not get into it. Everybody's into it. Everybody's into it. And it's interesting when it used the word strong angel. Yes. What is the strongest, the strongest identification of angels in heaven? There's two forms.
0: Is that the archangel?
1: Yeah. There's cherubim. And the seraphim. Right. Okay. But in this case, if it's the big angel, you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, think, I think anywhere, it's the one that is abnormally large that uh, you take notice of. And he has a large voice. He does have a large he voice. He shouts. He shouts. He speaks with a booming voice.
1: Can you imagine how energy-filled this atmosphere is?
0: Oh, I—it has to just be electric, like fizzing and cracking in the air and just intense, palpable, just energy emanating around everything. I mean, this is the culmination. They've been waiting for this. They've known it's coming. And, you know, since the since the resurrection, they've been waiting as long as we have. But they've also been waiting another 4,000-some-odd years before that. I mean, the beings that are in heaven, they've been waiting a long time for this moment to happen.
1: This is almost like a Super Bowl in heaven. It makes our Super Bowl look like Sandlot.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But yet we get excited about watching a couple of guys with a pigskin running up and up and down the grass, killing each other. But yet this. But this. But this. But
0: this. This, this blows it all away. Completely and totally.
1: Who's, who, who are these people cheering? Who are these people supporting? Who is this character that takes the scroll?
0: <laughs> well, he's a lamb and not a lamb. And he's been slaughtered, but he's received honor and power and glory. And he's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. I know those words. I know those descriptions. And who does that refer to? That's all in reference to Jesus. It's all in reference to the Son of God. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah, all glory and praise be to him.
1: If he wasn't here doing this, where would we be?
0: Uh, We would be with all the people under the earth
1: (laughs) with no hope and no chance. It's interesting that even the dead were alive to see this. Right. Even the dead were alive to see this. Of course they are. And what does the word of God say that in someday is going to happen about every knee?
0: Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess.
1: That does does that mean only the people that are born in this century?
0: No. No. No, that is every from Adam and Eve, all the way up to us and beyond, every knee in heaven, every cherubim, every seraphim, Lucifer and the multitude of angels that he drug with him, they will all bow and they will all confess.
1: Why do we have such a hard time worshiping Jesus today? If this is how it's supposed to be, why do we have a hard time worshiping Jesus today? Well,
0: part of, part of it is human nature. Part of it is sin nature. Part of it, I think, has to do with the world falling apart and the influence of the devil on the world and subsequently on us because of that. It's really difficult when you look at um, when you look at scripture as a whole, and this is just a just a thought in my head. Of course, this isn't you know I'm not intending this to be theological or or, well somewhat theological, but not doctrinal by any stretch. But when you look at scripture as a whole, there's an arc of the story. There's an arc of God's revelation to his people. And as you read through, God has revealed more and more and more and more. Granted, he starts walking with Adam and Eve in the garden, but from that point, he reveals himself just a little bit by a little bit until we get to Jesus and God is fully revealed If the ark continues, what naturally happens next is that instead of being revealed more and more, he's concealed more and more. And there is a um, concealing then of God over time. And as we get closer and closer to the end, where God becomes fully concealed, it's going to be more and more difficult for people to stand up and say holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come as in the days of noah as in the days of noah they didn't know god at all
1: Their minds and eyes and brains and souls are dead they're blinded
0: they they knew nothing but evil and they did nothing but evil so that's
1: I find something a paradox. Ooh. Not a pair of ox, but a paradox.
0: Not a pair of socks?
1: I got a pair of socks. You don't want to, you don't want to smell them.
0: <laughs> yeah, keep your shoes on. Okay. All right, so what's I I like a good paradox. What's our paradox?
1: Here's the paradox, okay? He came for his own. But his own received him not. hmm That's a paradox. Sure. Okay. Another paradox. He gave us the word, but they could not perceive of it. Okay. In simple terms, we have the facts. We have the history. Right. We have the story. But unfortunately, we don't know how to take it seriously. Because we do not take it seriously. We take it casually. Or we take it just intellectually but the problem with all of that is is that we don't possess it and it does not possess us right the only way that this thing comes alive and it works is is when you embrace it and you it becomes part of who you are then it's real then it goes from being theory into life right and why are we born again? We're born again to go from death Mm -hmm. unto life. Oh, absolutely. But a lot of us don't value the life that we receive in Jesus Christ for this lamb who was sacrificed for us. So, subsequently, we live our lives on this plane, on this earth, with this earth's values. And the reality is, is, is that we're really missing all of the glories and the insights that the Spirit of God wants to lead us into because we are stubborn.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's quite simple. If we don't obey, we don't get the blessing. That's
1: right. You know, on the sheet of paper that you have there, Dustin... Yes, sir. Other than... We talked about the setting and who's there and what's going on and stuff. Sure. Um, I'd like to tackle the first concept, the imagining concept.
0: Oh boy! Yeah.
1: Now you're going to have to use something beyond your intellect. Imagination requires spirit. Yes, it does. So, would you let's tackle that first question before we get into the second. Aspect.
0: Okay. So imagine you are one of the many saints there on
1: that day. The story's being told for a reason. You're invited mm-hmm. into the story.
0: Well. That's. That's really interesting. Um, I, I actually have an image coming into my head, and it's going to be difficult to explain it and describe it um, because it's unlike anything else, and so I can only use analogy. Um, now, I've been to a concert and have been part of the mosh pit. You know, part of the people on the floor that are all pressed too close together and pressed really close to the stage, and. You know, the whole purpose, you know, is to, you know, enjoy and revel in the music that you're listening to. It's called the experience. Right. Um, But there's also a part of that that is pushing toward the front. And people don't, at least from my experience and my knowing, um, people don't buy tickets to get right up front in a concert to see the performer that much better. But the people, what they really want is to maybe be seen by the performer. And so just kind of with that idea, I can imagine... a multitude of people. Right? We're we're talking thousands of football fields worth of people, thousands of football stadiums, you know, they all fit like sixty thousand people in them. So you've got thousands of stadiums worth of people all in this space and they're all pushing forward trying to get closer to the throne while at the same time being in the front. Everybody is at once in the back and in the front at the same time, pushing to get forward, but seen by God and recognized by him. And you know he's doing this for you. And knowing that These seals have to be open and seeing the lamb come out, and you know, he's the headline act. And you see the lamb, and you see at the same time the man, and you see the lion, and you see the spirit, and the crowd goes wild, and it's amazing. And the only words that come out of your mouth are what we have written here. Um, where'd it go? They sang, well, I switched translations as as we were talking. You are worthy to take its scroll and break its seals and open it for you were slaughtered and your blood has ransomed the people. Um, worthy is the lamb to receive riches and power and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And you're singing along. And you're singing it with the crowd and you're chanting it and you're cheering it. And as you do, he takes the scroll and like, hold, I, it's just, it's playing out in my head and it's vivid and it's amazing. And like I said, it's electric and it's electrifying. And there's a moment of heartbreak. Because not only is this the culmination, not only is this the highlight, it's the, it's the headline act, and this is what you've been waiting for for so long. This is what, you know, in that concert analogy, right? You saved up your money, you worked extra hours, you did all this extra stuff, and you made the plans, you made the arrangements, you got yourself there, you went through all this to get here... And this is absolutely amazing. And all of a sudden there's this moment where you recognize and realize there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people not here. And you have that moment of sadness for the people who aren't there to experience it and aren't there
1: to witness it. Is that called a transforming experience?
0: I even just to stop and visualize it for for a few minutes, I mean that that could very well be transformative. Just to think about it and meditate on it. Not even the actual being there.
1: How much meditation we do on God's word? Not enough. <laughs> if we did. What would we experience? What would we find?
0: Oh, that I I don't even know how to how to say it because when you spend that extra time and you think about you think about it and you you pray and you ask God, God, where do you what are you trying to show me? Right? I'm, I'm reading whatever part of the Bible I'm reading right now, and this stuff is going on, and yeah, there's historical stuff, but what are you trying to show me? What are you trying
1: to teach me? And he'll show you. There's a word for that.
0: What's that word?
1: Transcendency. Yeah. Okay, you're, okay. T- you're taken like from word. this plane to a higher plane— to a revelation of truth mm-hmm. that you wouldn't get on your own,
0: and uh, I, I'm going to ask you this question just because we're here, and uh, I'm I'm now curious because I've I've had some of those moments, and just uh, I'm sure you have as well. Have you ever had moments like that that you're com- at a complete loss to be able to explain,
1: even a loss to be able to breathe? Uh-huh, okay. Just you take in a gasp of air, and you can't get it out <laughs> almost yeah. like almost like paralytic but paralytically wonderful
0: right and it's I have this, and there's this connection, and I understand it and I see it and now I can't unsee it, but I can't explain it to somebody else.
1: oh, well, it's like when I stick my finger in an outlet. <laughs> 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 oh, gosh. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the purpose for this thought process right. is to let people know that this is the living Word of God. Oh, sure. Yes. It's, it's alive whether you are or not. <laughs> yes. Okay. But yes, the thing is. Is, is, is that the Spirit has come. He mm-hmm. wants you to experience the life that he has for you. And you know what? Sooner or later, you're going to experience the spirit. And it's better to experience the spirit with, with adoration and knowledge than to face the spirit out of fear, mm-hmm. okay? Because God does not give us a spirit of fear. But unfortunately... Our own world is the one who gives us the spirit of fear, and it Mm -hmm. keeps us from really adoring who our Jesus is. And it it keeps us from really respecting the grandeur of who God is and what he's created Mm -hmm. and what his purpose and plan is, not just for today, but for the rest of eternity for our lives. Everybody will have an eternity. Yes. Okay? Some good some not so good, and the choice is left up to each individual person. Right. Unfortunately, some people make the choice because they have a lack of knowledge. Right. A lack of experience. However, today, you're getting the picture of what it's like when you stand before the throne of God. Right. You know, there's a, there's a, um, in this passage here, there's something that a lot of people don't see. Okay. The consequence of the scroll. What do you think the consequence of the scroll is?
0: Ah, uh, the consequence of the scroll is dire.
1: It's. If there was no lamb,
0: there was the, no scro- lamb the-, the
1: scroll would not be open. Right. And if the scroll is not open, then mankind is doomed.
0: Right. Because what is the scroll?
1: The scroll is really our
0: salvation. There's. Uh, it's a my- ma-
1: it's a manifest of our salvation.
0: Um, there's a lot of different. Mm-hmm. points of view out there I don't disagree with you I it's think different. that's a very just, valid way to look at it it's just different um, you know we are talking about difficulty in worship and difficulty in understanding and part of that is the cultural gap mm-hmm. there is potentially a document that John was familiar with that would have matched the description generally speaking, for this particular scroll. And that is that of a default title deed. So there is a scholarly perspective that says that this scroll is the title deed to the earth that because of our sin was defaulted. And that's why the devil has control over the world. But the lamb the redeemer is redeeming the world
1: i'm to glad himself. you i'm glad you brought up the significance of the lamb because a lot of people don't know the significance of the lamb
0: he gave his life as a ransom and there's he paid the sin debt he he paid the sin debt he he paid the penalty he took the punishment But that word ransom is just an interesting one that if you view this as that defunct title deed, it makes a lot more sense. So um, with that, he is able to break the seals and he has the right to do that. And so... We're gonna see. I don't know if we're gonna get a whole lot further into this. We're probably not gonna talk about the seals or anything in no. this in this particular study. No, th- that's not that's not no. what this study is there, about. There's two
1: other guys doing that in church right now. Yeah, that
0: <laughs> that's that's a different study. You can come on Tuesday Tuesday evening for or, that. Or Sunday morning. Um or Sunday morning, unless you want to come and see the throne room of God. Of course, you can't be in two places at once. Um But what, yeah, that's that's an important thing. It's important for us to know what that is. And culturally, John would have recognized that. Whether it's supposed to be a title deed or some other type of document, it was understood by him exactly what it was.
1: What opened it?
0: Jesus opened it.
1: It's the blood of Jesus that opened it. Oh, of course, right. Right, because had he not shed his blood... There'd be no remission for sins. Right. So we have to always remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. Mm-hmm. And the very fact that he's called a lamb, what is a lamb significant of?
0: Peace, gentleness.
1: A sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So he was our sacrifice. Oh, yeah, for sure he was. How about the next thing down? Think about it. Okay. Well, in this... Kind of,
0: kind of fits in with my with my vision, doesn't it? That's right. With, so with, go to with the my, next thing. with my imagination, right? Right. So everybody is right in front of the throne at the same time they're in the back, right? That was part of what I was describing earlier, and being immediately in front of the throne, um, imagining Jesus and the Father and the Spirit.
1: And the creatures and the elders. And the
0: creatures and the elders and the angels and the multitudes greeting you by name. Not the name that my parents gave me, but the name that he gave me. We know Psalm 139. He had all of our days written down in his book before the first day even came to being. Right. He in that he had
1: a name for us and in in that my name wasn't my name wasn't Dustin. He had a plan for Dustin. He had a plan. Even though Dustin may have tried to screw it up a little bit. Oh, I, (laughs) I tried awful hard for a while. Don't we all. Right. And but then the choice becomes more valuable. It does. It does. But greeting.
0: And I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here. And calling you by name and sharing that special word with you. Um, And just the pure joy that would come from that. That there really isn't anything from that point on that could possibly interfere with the love that
1: we have for God. I'm going to give you a picture. Okay. And this is this is this is my picture. If you want to appropriate it for your own use, you can. All right. There have been times that I have been. Um, So mortally ill Or so mortally damaged Wounded That um, I could not help myself Mm -hmm. I could not fix myself In some cases I couldn't move In some cases I couldn't breathe Okay. In these particular moments It was a Jesus moment At Hmm. that point in time The numbers weren't going to work. The logic wasn't going to work. The manipulation wasn't going to work. No deals were going to work. Right. The only thing that was going to work was surrender Mm -hmm. and to submit. And in those times where I was totally a basket case, wiped out, what I sensed was Jesus calling me to himself. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to do anything. All I had to do was crawl up and get on his knee mm-hmm. and let him hug me, and he did the rest. Nothing I could do, he did it all. And you know what? I wouldn't give up any one of those times today because that is what's made my faith real, and this is what makes me look forward to spending the rest of my life with him. Mm-hmm. You can't get this out of this world.
0: No, not even not even close. There's not even a whisper of it. No. That we can find in this world.
1: No. So, the question is is what are you going to do with Jesus?
0: Two words. Share him. Because that's that's our job. We have him. We love him. But we can't keep him to ourselves. We have to share him. You know, when I... When I do most of the Bible study that I do, most of the reading that I do, it has less to do with growing me than helping somebody else. Not to say it doesn't, right? That is a byproduct. You spend time in the Word of God, you're going to grow. That's just going to happen. But that's not really my primary reason for spending time in Scripture. Because the more I get to know Him and the more I get to love Him, the closer I can become to Him and the more effectively I can share Him.
1: Draw near to God and He will
0: He'll draw, draw near, near to, to you. you. Right. Right.
1: But the problem is, what are most of us too? Busy. No time for that until you have to do an SOS. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing God hears those SOSs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But, and that's, that's my perspective on it. And there are people who, You know, aren't at that point in their walk, or maybe they never even will be, that read their Bible every day and pray every day just to, on their own, be closer to God. 100% okay. Totally, totally fine with it because just as much as me going into my Bible for the benefit of somebody else grows me as a byproduct, if I go into the Bible for me, helping somebody else will be the byproduct. I don't think you can really have one without the other. If you're spending time in the Bible, you're going to grow and you're going to have opportunity to help somebody. It's just whatever, whichever of those better motivates you to get into it, God will lay that on your heart. Have you ever been in love? Yes, I have.
1: How did that change you? <laughs>
0: hmm. Which
1: time? I don't know when you've been in love. But <laughs> the question is, 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 what did you do with this love?
0: There's... So I'm going to go in order of time, first, second, third, not order of significance. Okay. First would have been falling in love with my wife, the woman who is now my wife. And... There was some changes. They were more, they were more external than internal. And I'll tell you that I didn't have a whole lot of things right in my life and I didn't do a whole lot of things right um, until later in my marriage. But you did have an emotion. But I did have an emotion. And I did sacrifice things And I did change patterns in my life to be able to spend more time with her and to be able to um, devote resources to, you know, go out on dates, you know, dates cost money, movies and dinners and, you know, a walk around the park doesn't, aside from the gas to get there, but flowers and different things. And there, there was definitely a change. I wasn't buying flowers, you know. Without without a girlfriend, I didn't buy flowers, right?
1: Unless you're a tiny Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: just going <laughs> to ignore that. Um, time-wise, the second one then would be my children, becoming a father. And that changes. If you have children, you know. And if you don't have kids, you don't know. I There's not really an explanation to give. It just completely rearranges your entire priority list um, so that changed a whole lot um, And then third in the timeline would be falling long overdue, desperately in love with Jesus. And I say desperate because it was the the moment was completely and totally born out of despair. And there's just no going back. So many things changed. You know, if you think of your life as a tapestry, and the way mine was going and the way I was weaving things in and out of my life, as soon as Jesus was there, there was a lot of strings that broke. And there was a lot of broken ones that got reconnected. And the direction and the color and the tone and the vibrancy of everything in that tapestry changed immediately. And I am not the same person I was. Aren't you glad? (sighs) Infinitely glad.
1: And you're not the one who changed you.
0: No. And that's... Exactly it. It's that moment of surrender, just like you were saying. When I got to that point, I was ready and I was willing in my head and my heart to give my life up. My life was completely and totally forfeit. One way or the other, I was done being the person who I was. And Jesus came in and said, I got you. And he picked me up and he dusted me off and he took the burden, some of it, a large chunk of it, lifted it off of me and set it down. And I'm free of that burden. If I was smart, I would have surrendered the whole burden but I'm still working on pieces here and there. Um, but yeah, what what we want to change in our lives? What you know, if we want something better, we just have to give up. It sounds counterintuitive, but it's kind of how God works. And Jesus even says it: those who give up their life will find it.
1: I found out something about love. Okay. It's undefinable. And when I say it's undefinable, the funny thing is, is when you're not looking for love and it finds you, mm-hmm. you don't know how, you don't know what to do with it. <laughs> In yeah. some sense, it scares you. The fact is, is that it's not something that, um, that you can um, manipulate with logic. No. Okay? Because the fact is, it is above all your logic. And that's a fear in itself that it's something you can't control. But the reality is, 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 is that if you're so much in love, you finally yield to it. Mm-hmm. And you give in to what it is meant to be for. And the craziest thing is, 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 is that if you resist it, you'll lose it. Right. So the thing is, is that when you have it, you should accept it. I will tell you this. Okay. That um, had I not virtually been on the very edge of losing my life, Mm -hmm. I would have never experienced love. Right. I had to come to the point where Steve wasn't strong enough to stay, save Steve. Right. And so subsequently because of that, it's me and God, mm-hmm. or God and me. God was there the whole time, and now here I am. You,
0: late to the party, but better late than never. But the
1: reality is is, is is, that there's one thing I know. When Steve can't fix it, Steve has to rely upon the one who can Right. And today Steve still relies upon the one who can because Steve knows that he don't have all the answers. Right. But you know what? I don't have to have all the answers. No. Because I am actually held in the palm of his hand, and so are you, Dustin. Yep. And anyone who wants to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be found in the palm of God's hand.
0: Yes, they will. They absolutely will, and uh, in the case of anybody who might be listening um, to our ramblings, and uh, maybe not, maybe not yet in love with Jesus, maybe you stumbled upon this and somehow got to listening to it, and somehow got. 45 minutes or 50 minutes into it um, and you're still listening God bless you this is a vision of the future and that scroll is not yet open and as the scroll does open things are going to get rough we know that the rest of the book kind of explains how that all goes down But back to this idea of the lamb and being slain and being a perfect sacrifice, Um, just know that Jesus gave up his spot in heaven to come to earth, to live a perfect, sinless human life. He faced all of the same temptations. He faced all of the same emotions. He faced everything that we face, and he conquered all of it. He lived the sinless life that we couldn't live so that we could live in heaven where we wouldn't be able to otherwise. He sacrificed himself. He conquered death. He conquered sin. And he wants you to be adopted into his family and become his brother or sister. And if that's something that uh, you're interested in, you uh, don't need a special prayer. You just need a friend who knows Jesus so that you can ask questions and get some direction and a little bit of help on how to grow the faith that you just found. And so I would urge you, um, reach out to us here at Faith Baptist Church. Um, faith-hampton.com is our website. Um, I'm Pastor Dustin and I'd be happy to chat with you. So would Pastor Rob, so would Steve, so would, uh, a whole lot of people here. Um, if you're interested in getting to know Jesus a little bit
1: better. Jesus offers us something that we can't offer ourselves and that's the peace that passes understanding because yes, we're trying to understand that and his peace is beyond what we can understand and that's really what we what he has to offer us it isn't about what do you, what's going to happen when you die it's the question is, is how do you want to live today
0: right and in a world full of turmoil Having that extra piece is a game changer. It really is. All right, I'm gonna break off from that. Anything, uh, anything else on our lesson number four that uh, we need to get covered here?
1: No, we can do a little bit of a recap next week. Okay, and then we can go into lesson five.
0: Sounds great. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Steve. It was a really, really great week. Thank you. Thank you.